Today on this Wisdom Journey, we arrive at one of the most significant chapters in the Gospels. It's John 17. Jesus' prayer shows you how important purity and unity are to the church. There can be no true unity apart from purity in life and purity in doctrine. As we strive for such purity by the Spirit's power, will experience unity with each other. This lesson is called, Listening to Jesus Pray for Us. Well, today we're going to slip inside the prayer closet, so to speak, of the Lord Jesus and listen in as God the Son talks to God the Father. He prays a prayer. It's recorded here in John chapter 17. It's so filled with great truths that that we can, one author put it this way, grasp only fragments of them. Now, at this point, the cross is only hours away. Now, if you knew you were going to die in less than 24 hours, I wonder what you, I wonder what I would pray about. Well, as we listen in now on Jesus's prayer to the Father, we're going to discover something amazing and, and, and very moving and humbling. Jesus is praying for you and for me. He's about to make four special prayer requests for his disciples then and and now. The first request is that we experience a close relationship with our Heavenly Father. He prays here now in verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you've given them. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Haven't you found it true that there's something special about hearing somebody pray for you? For many years, my missionary father would call me early on Sunday morning and pray with me. He'd pray for me. I, I used to tease him that the only, the only reason he, he called was to make sure I was out of bed, and we'd laugh. But he'd ask me about my sermon for the morning, and, and then he would pray. It was always a deeply encouraging prayer. Well, as special as that was for me, we're discovering here in John chapter 17 that Jesus is praying for all of us. You can take your pencil, by the way, and write your name here in this place at this chapter where he mentions his followers. And what's his first request for you? He's praying that you will personally know and come to know more deeply the only true God. In fact, the word know means to to come to know by personal experience. It's a word used for intimate knowledge, like that between a husband and wife. It's a word that refers to knowledge by by close association, deep friendship. Jesus declares here that, that this relationship defines eternal life. He says, and this this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. Now, the second prayer request concerns the security of our salvation. The Lord prays here in verse 9, I am not praying for the world, 
but for those whom you've given me, and they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now, Jesus can't pray this for the unbelieving world because they don't belong to him. Keep in mind that only moments earlier, Judas had just left the upper room, and Jesus now prays about the tragedy of Judas's unbelief. Verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you'd given me, and I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So Jesus makes it very clear here that Judas was never a believer. He was a a pretender. No one who truly belongs to Jesus Christ will be lost in the end. Now, somebody might say to me, well, Stephen, you know, somebody can't lose the gift of uh, salvation, but, but what if they want to give it back? Well, let me tell you, if somebody doesn't want the Lord, well, that person never had the Lord. Do you think a blind person who'd been given the gift of sight would want to be blind again? Beloved, you can't lose your salvation, but you can reveal to the world that you never had it to begin with. True believers, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, have the Holy Spirit indwelling them, sealing them. Literally, God puts his seal on them, pledging to bring them safely home. Now, some people don't like the idea of eternal security because they believe that's going to give people the right to go sin and, you know, go live for the devil. Well, that's like telling people that if they purchase a health insurance policy, they, well, they can just go ahead and drink poison and then play with loaded guns. No, eternal security doesn't make a Christian want to live in sin any more than buying car insurance makes you want to drive off a bridge. Eternal security doesn't lead to license. It leads to liberty. You are secure in Christ. And you're secure not because you're sinless, but because Jesus satisfied your sin debt and paid for it all forever. In fact, the next prayer request relates now to holy living. Jesus's third request on our behalf is for purity in the world. Verse 15 I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Now, sanctify here in verse 17 means to set apart for holy service. Now, sanctified can't mean sinless perfection. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't say here in verse 19 that he has been sanctified himself. The point is, just as Jesus was separated for his unique service, so you and I are separated for our unique service, whatever God has in store for you and me. And Jesus is praying here that we will will have contact with the world without being contaminated by the world. Beloved, one of the primary reasons we're, we're not winning the world to Jesus today is because we're not living that differently from the world. As my old professor Howard Hendricks used to say in class, the more like the world you become, the less you will impact the world for Jesus Christ. Now, finally, Jesus presents to the Father a fourth prayer request. And this one is for unity in the church. He begins here in verse 20. I do not ask for these only, 
but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, Jesus is praying here for the church. The church is soon going to be formed on the day of Pentecost. So this prayer is for the unity of the church that's going to be created. And then throughout the rest of the New Testament, our unity is important. And and by the way, it's not based on personality. It's based on theology. The unity Jesus is praying about is based on the truth of his deity, his resurrection, his inspired word, his return, a future literal heaven and and hell. Sadly, beloved, not every local church gathering uh, today believes even those few foundational doctrines that I just rattled off. In fact, today, much of the church believes unity is based not on the truth, but it's, it's based on love. Well, let me tell you, love without truth is just sentimental emotion. Let me add, truth without love is unkind legalism. We're to love one another, and the church is to be built, and the unity of the church is built on the truth of Scripture. Now, Jesus does make one more unifying request here in verse 24, and it might It might come as a surprise to you, Jesus prays, Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you've given me. This text always challenges me because we often pray to stay here on earth, and Jesus is praying that we'll be in heaven with him as soon as we can. I often think about the fact that every time a believer dies, one of the Lord's prayer requests just got answered. Well, we're going to have to slip out of this sacred prayer chamber now. We've been privileged to to hear the Savior whisper his deepest desires to the Father as he's prayed for us. His prayer requests happen to be our privileges today. What are they? Well, a close personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. Secondly, the eternal security of our salvation. Thirdly, a testimony of purity and integrity as we live in our world today. And then finally, unity in our churches. Not not based on sentimental emotion or personality, but based on the foundation of biblical truth, which is accompanied by love. Well, until we sail again together, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Today's lesson on this wisdom journey came from John 17, and it's called Listening to Jesus Pray for Us. Stephen Davey is the president of Wisdom International. One of Stephen's passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. That's why he founded and also serves as the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Graduates of Shepherd's Seminary are serving God in their churches and communities all over the world. Learn more about Shepherd's Seminary 
and the various programs it offers at wisdomonline.org forward slash STS. Join us back here next time as we continue along this wisdom journey. 